Welcome to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. We're coming to you from L&W Market on Main Street, Bridgehampton, which is right next to Almond. And they have all kinds of really cool, like, grab-and-go stuff today, which, of course, you might hear this at any time. Zoe Pennybaker-Breen is here with her gee pop. Right, her popcorn, a local artisan who is, is uh, going to pop her way into your heart. Oh, jeez Louise. Okay. Anyway, but we've got awesome guests here today. We have the famed musician and songwriter Taylor Barton and, you know, her husband, G.E. Smith. You haven't heard of him. He's, he's, he's working his way up. But It sets the bar pretty high to say fame. That's like a, that's a kind of judgment call. Okay. Well, what do you, what do you, I would say accomplished. Accomplished. Okay, yes. But you know what I love is that um, Herbie Gardner, you know, who wrote A Thousand Clowns and Conversations with My Father and, and I'm Not Rappaport, he said, uh, I'm turning 60. I think it's time I take the word promising out of my bio. <laughs> so that was I what I know. Think, you I know, don't know. Because, you know, well, what, what is it? It took Vonnegut 30 years to birth uh, Slaughterhouse Five. And so I, mean, I think this is one of the things that I would like to talk about with our guests today. Oh, I always talk about what you we, want to talk about. What if I want to talk about, like, chickens? We could talk about chickens. Really we could talk about the loop. art of chickens. I, I'm just talking about the, the artistic process. I'm a mm-hmm. process thinker. I think all of life is about process and structure and, and about where you find your statements in that. And we're all looking for framework. And, and so that's something I like to touch on. Uh, well, tell with me your guests. experience. I mean, what we talked about before. And it also goes to the East End. And by the way, happy summer, everybody. Yeah, right? It finally feels like it summer. It finally so feels like summer. I'm finally able to flip off all the drivers out here. And, <laughs> and feel like you this. flip them off all year round. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. so uh, no, no. Um, tell me about your process. Well, my, my process. Are, so I, and then know, I'm going to tell you about mine. Yeah, no. So, so for, whatever reason, for, for, for whatever reason, when I was a kid, movies just hit me in a different way. I, always, I wanted to jump on the screen, movie-wise. I can remember almost every movie I saw as a kid and who I went with and what theater. It just hit me differently. I had no idea that they were actually constructed and that there was a craft to it. And when I got out of university and I started my writing, I became addicted to this idea that, oh my God, there's a first act, second act, third act, and then, then you can break it up. There's actually eight sequences in most feature films. And then... For me, it was almost like, well, how do I get through that? And where's my voice and where's my sensibility? And I will tell you that it took me 15 years, probably until I was in my mid to late 30s, where the light bulb went off and I actually understood what it was I was trying to do. And yet I was able to survive those 15 years. So that's the thing I would love to talk to our guests about, the journey. Yeah, the journey. The, the journey. It's not, always, it's not always linear. In fact, it's almost never linear, like straight up to the top, baby, and then, oh, back down. No, and, and in fact, and in fact uh, Neil Simon, uh, who you know, passed recently, when I was 22, I, I picked his brain for a second, and he said the <laughs> worst thing that can happen to any artist is success at a young age. Right. And I thought that's easy for you to say. You're Neil Simon. But sure enough, I think that's been Yeah, because then you're always constantly trying to top yourself or people are always comparing you to something you did when you were like 22 years old. And it's, it's really and, difficult. And, and I think Look at Shirley the, Temple. Right. But, and Shirley Chisholm. Okay. And, and Shirley, Shirley Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and we're very close to the town of Shirley. So, um, no, um, I, I think that um, in a way you're not supposed to be good when you're young. And I think that's fascinating. I also would like to just talk about what Long Island means to my artistic process, but in yeah, general, well, especially to a our place guests, where Taylor like, yeah, right. But let me tell you what, what my little yeah, thing please, is, because we have only like, probably a few minutes, is that, of course, we, I started, I co-founded The Independent when I was 20, 29, and I was already kind of like circling the drain in terms of like 
booze and drugs and stuff like that. And I started started this paper with Jim Mackin and Lee Minitree, Jody Delafamina, and um, kind of worked my way up. And I was editor and as well as president of the company at some point. And then I, I really had to step away to, for, to, to stay alive. I really needed to give it up. And it wasn't the fault of anyone except myself, but I really had to, to step away. And now here I am, you know, 20 years later, back doing the same thing, but with a whole bunch of different tools. And it's just really, really interesting, but, but it's, it's, so I'm kind of doing the same job. When you're in a newspaper, you're doing the same job, but it's like you're writing a new script every single week. So it's very, it's very I, I, fluid. I feel like I do the same thing. It's very fungible, what goes through. Uh, and I, I, I love I, that word. I liken it to, um, you know, the postman that might retire after 20 years and still go out and take a 10-mile walk every day. It's like you do what you do. It's you, you become that. And if you don't do that, uh, it doesn't feel right. The day doesn't feel right. But I also used to wake up going like, oh, shit, I got to go to work today. And now I wake up, I'm like, oh, yay, I get to go to work today. Like, I'm so excited about it. I work so out of the funny. house and it still takes me two hours to go to work. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, we should probably take a little break and get to our guests. Absolutely. Yeah, you're listening Absolutely. to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy. And Alex Sokolow. We're coming to you from WPPB, Peconic Public Broadcasting Long Island's only NPR station. You can always make a donation at 883WPPB.org. We are listeners supported. And we'll be right back after this. Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow and our guests today we're so honored and pleased to have people I consider friends but it's so much fun Taylor Barton and G.E. Smith both Amagansett residents that's right 30, for a long long, long, yeah. 30 long time 30 years and how long have you guys been together 30 years 30 31 years yeah now. 31 we've been together yeah. been how'd, how'd you guys meet Saturday Night Live you did G was the band uh, leader and I was hired to dance by Pat Birch Oh, I know on. Pat. So I came yeah. on as a, uh, I was first a dancer singer and I came on to do a Valentine special. Who was the, who was the, um, the guest? I don't even know who the guest was, but I ended yeah, I up working remember. there for a while. And, and, uh, what was the spark between you guys? Just, you know, you, you see a pretty girl and you like her, you know, that was the spark. Oh, really? And know? that's what kept it going for 31 years? Well, then we <laughs> developed other stuff yeah. later. Albert you know. Einstein once uh, said that uh, marriage is a lifetime trying to justify an encounter. There you go. 
I, I like not understand. He really was a smart guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a romantic. Yeah. <laughs> and he also had a place in Southold, so there you go. He was also an East Ender. Yeah. But I came back and worked a lot once I got on because my friend was the producer at the time, Dynamine It. So I started working there on weekends to get my insurance money. Mm. You know, I oh, wasn't wow. really that dialed into the comedian side of it, but I was totally into the music so each week i could see the coolest hippest most trendy musician that they would have on and i learned so much as a songwriter by being up close to that process every week at saturday night live and of course i actually have never asked you this before but i mean when you started at saturday night live and you were i mean when you started as the being the music director was there anyone that you were kind of intimidated to push around i mean like to say well we're going to do it this way no because i'm not a push around guy right I i don't go at things that way you know i was always able to talk to people and you know most people if you're able to speak to them reasonably and respectfully most people will work with you most right and uh, (laughs) and i actually have a question just about like it was there a fundamental difference between uh being a a guitarist being a musician and all of a sudden being a musical director where you had like a whole different platform and and different personalities you had to kind of take into account well i've been in bands so i knew how to do that i knew how to talk to musicians i knew how to work with musicians but because of that show and the, the corporate nature of the show, you know, that show exists for one reason only, is to make money. It's the only it reason. It wasn't to amuse me personally? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Bridget, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. And then, you know, ancillary to the making the money, yeah, amuse people, make some political commentary, present bands and people that they, you know, that they wanted to. But it's all about money. So then I had to work, you know, within that. And and that I had never done before. I had an office, right? You know, I had an people. office. And, and oh my production, god! Right? Production meetings, and it was weird. Um, <laughs> what, 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 was there like an internal like little battle going on though? No, battles. No. No, I don't mean I don't mean within the show. I mean within your, within yourself. As far as because, and I can't speak for anybody else, but I always like to kind of poke the tiger a little bit, and it's always gotten me into trouble in the, that kind of corporate structure. Where I'll be like, wouldn't it be funny if, and then I am showing the door. <laughs> well, I was able to do that w- with with songs, you know, which is a little more stealthy. Yeah. And uh, I've always done, I've always enjoyed doing that, like sneaking songs up on people, and then only later do they go, why did he play that? Right, right, <laughs> sticking it to the man. Right. <laughs> what did he mean by that? Well, right. I mean, you guys have been doing this portrait series. Is this the third year? This is so fourth, let's talk about the portrait fourth, series. Fourth year. I mean, Taylor, you're, you produce it, but obviously... Taylor you, invented it. Right, you so, invented and it. And this is at Guildhall. It's at Guildhall. We've been with Guildhall for three years. We started at Bay Street in 2015. And um, then we took a year off because GE was, I don't know, you were touring or something. Yeah, for some right. reason. But what I was attracted to was the cross-pollination of painters, writers, and musicians who also played music. They live because around here. I right. like the, the, that I think we all come from this inner structure, and I like to see how a painter might, you know, line up his, his uh, canvas and his music the same way. Like a one person again, framework in my that's what that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, and the same as a writer, there's a structure that you're working within. However, you you know, beginning, middle, and end, texture, 
narrative, whatever it is, I thought that was really interesting, and I thought it was an interesting way to show a very cool side of really well-known people who might not be known for that, well, what, for the yeah, music. For the music, that is Case super in cool. point is F, uh, like Ethan Hawke. Ethan or, was um, one of my favorites yeah, early on. Yeah, he was on. definitely right. one of my favorites. Tell me why. Well, because, you know, I, lo- I always actor. love his acting. Yeah. yeah. And he is a, a good guitar player. He's a Texas guy, you know, so he's got that Texas songwriter, Towns Van Zandt, Guy Clark thing in him. And he was wonderful. The show, he did a great show. And after the show, I said, Ethan, were you acting the part of the guitar player? He says, a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah. but that actually goes, was to real. Place, but that goes to a place that I was just thinking, which is I, I've witnessed, it's like music, I think people get very self-conscious. And people always, are, it's almost like people are comfortable singing in the shower, but to do it in front of somebody. So even if you play the guitar for decades, to actually do it in, in public, is a different experience. Well, it's funny about music in general because, like, would you, like I have songs on my you know playlist or whatever on my phone that I'm kind of that I love, but I don't want anyone to see that I have them. Mm. <laughs> you know what but, I mean? But, but, really, well, a collection of show tunes and maybe a little like bop, you know, Hanson. I mean, every right. once in a while, I'll go but, into something. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad. So and so isn't in the car with me to hear that this is the kind of music right. that I bop around to. Again, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that the Lion King is cool. Lion King is cool. I, no, no, but 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 I want to go I back. I like that song. Yeah, I love that song. I, I like the children's scores very yeah. much. But by no, the no, way. but but I want to go back to this. Like so, so somebody like Ethan Hawke, who I'm sure when he walks onto a, a movie set or on a stage has all of the trial by fire conditioning and studious He's a pro. Work. He's a pro. And now you put an instrument in his hand that he maybe has held his whole life, but now you're asking him to show that in public and show that on a stage with other musicians. That seems to be like a great unknown, I would think. Well, that's what I like. It's that little pocket of vulnerability that you're not going to see where they're so polished in one area, but it brings this real tenderness out of someone that you might you wouldn't get it under any other condition and you know the last year we had scott avitt and his brother seth the avitt brothers scott's a beautiful painter oh i mean an incredible painter so he builds his songs in a certain kind of way that a a painter might build you know layers and layers and they are truly accomplished craftsmen like they aren't just famous because they're like but you can tell by their their any one of their songs, it is crafted. It's crafted. Yeah, so we... we, or, we or the overused word, curated. Yeah. yeah. Curated. <laughs> but we, smart guys. we go for yeah. craftsmen. You know, we go you for... you got Loudon coming Loudon up next weekend, and, June 28th. And Wesley, and Wesley Stace, Stace are right. both really good writers. Write books. Lyricists. Yeah, they're novelists and, and songwriters and singers. So their process, how do they cross from writing to, you know, it's... It's not so easy to jump back and forth because I've tried it myself a little bit and there's a certain comfort zone like you know this is how I do this and I do this like brushing my teeth and you know if I switch to this vernacular it's a struggle for me because I'm not quite sure how I'm gonna like connect the dots in the way that I right. did. And, and, all right so and, and for me um, I always strive to find a unifying principle and if I could find a unifying principle it almost doesn't matter the conversation I'm having, like between the I'm just two saying, ar- the I'm arts saying, that you are what, practicing. What's the ultimate what connection of the statement that I'm trying to be part of making, 
and if I can understand, and and the, I mean, again, the the, the most simple thing is is like in Toy Story, it was two toys, one boy. It was Cain and Abel. That was the unifying principle. It's about like a sense of worth based on basically being brothers. You know? Right. Did you say it was Cain and Abel? Oh, yeah, it was, oh, it was a total Cain and Abel there. And we have to go rewatch that. No, you don't. Yes, yeah, we, we do. do. We'll, we'll have a party. I'm gonna and definitely we'll definitely rewatch Garfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But this is something we say a lot, uh, songwriters, I'll say with my yeah. bandmates, you have to be authentic every single time. You can't like slide into like, we're gonna do like, you know, the regular set list and put it on like automatic. Cause the audience knows. Oh, yeah. They know yeah, when you're not that there. Right away. So we try to bring something authentic to the stage no, every really time. Cause I have been to concerts where I'm like, they just phoned it in. Yeah, and you it's know? not fun. Yeah, yeah. Know? And it's sad that a performer would actually do that because to do anything live these days is a gift because right. live no, I, but it's and been authenticity replaced. though I mean this is a Joseph Campbell concept in my mind Find, finding one's bliss one's authentic self is part of our journey on this planet that's if, if right we're fortunate and in art again absolutely you can't bullshit that yeah I think I think I've read t Tony Bennett I saw an interview once where he said if I don't practice my scales one day I know, two days the band knows, three days the audience knows. Yeah. And I'm like, that was so cool. And he was saying that like post 80, right? I believe him. I, be I, I still vocalize every day, by the way. Yeah. I mean, but look, let's look at Bridget. What? She looks so let's beautiful. Look I put on too much makeup Bridget, today. No. <laughs> this is a woman who has been transforming in front of our eyes for, for yeah, you look amazing. Thank like, you. I actually feel better than I did when we were in high and school. And the positive message is whether we do it in our art or in our life, you can still continue to evolve to this glorious essence that we never really know what it was until we're gone. Do you feel like you've kind of like, because you you get to, to work together, you kind of get to call the shots on portraits, you get to invite people that, that you want to play with, do you feel like you've kind of stripped down to the essence of what you love to do the most? Well, we don't strip it down to what we, we cater to what the artist wants to do. But and since it's a small gathering, I mean, like with, with GE, I mean, you kind of get to play the way you want to play. In other words, you don't have to. Yes. You know, my favorite, it's not corporate. My favorite type right. of playing since I was a kid was always backing up a singer songwriter person. That was always my favorite thing from when I was not like to be the front 10. Yeah, right. I always wanted to be a side man. I thought that those were the guys. I'd look at the old pictures of the jazz bands, you know, and I'd see the cats on the side. That's who I want to be. I want to be friends with them. You know, I want to be so one cool. of those guys. Yeah. And I have to add with GE that I, I just think that is his true gift is that whoever he plays with, it doesn't matter who they are, whether it's Bob Dylan or a kid in kindergarten, he has this way to put this sheen and magic on whoever he is supporting. Yeah, and you're like the, the wine, I don't the, know, like the, you know, the wine that goes with fish or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, I'm a sommelier. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> Sonic. Sonic sommelier. Hey, good. Right. See, you are a writer. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So, who else do you have coming this summer, 2019? You've got Loud Dawes, Dawes from California, Dawes Taylor cool. Goldsmith, and uh, he is the other other half of Mandy Moore right now. And I think it's really cool they're together because Mandy Moore complained for a while that Ryan Adams shut her down as a musician. And GE and I actually did a gig with Mandy Moore about 15 years ago. And she is such a talented singer. And when I started to hear that she felt like she was being shut down by her former husband. I was like, man, 
That is so lame. So, so anyway, she's not singing, but that's just a side story. But Taylor, it, who I confuse in emails when they're talking to me about Taylor, I'm like, what? Which Taylor you mean? I'm Taylor. Yeah, I'm Taylor. But what do you have to say about the Dawes? Well, what I like about Dawes is I love singers, and they're yeah. great singers. Yeah. The harmony singing. That'll just be so much fun for me. And they, they write good songs. You know, that, right. That's my thing, good songs. I played with Daryl Hall and John Oates. They wrote good songs, and I they know. sang great. It was, to me, that's but, easy. And my question was actually to be Hall or Oates. What? Which is which? Which is which? Hall. <laughs> Hall's the tall one. Oh, no. Hall's the tall one. Okay. Come on. I know. I'm not, I'm, I uh, kid. I kid. But who else? So... When you have these people come and you get to be your, the side man, that's a wonderful journey because this, it seems like, because first of all, you're giving back to the community you live in. We, we all live out here on the East End, but it's also a much more compressed version of something like, you know, what you're best known for, SNL, right. which was, you know, like a cast of thousands and cameramen and everything. This is like the purest form of, it is. of what you but do. But it's still a connection and it's, and it's allowing somebody to feel safe to be vulnerable. I hope they feel safe while they're there. You know, so far we've had really good luck with everybody that we've done in this portrait series. They all wound up having a good time, however skeptical they might have been when they arrived <laughs> that day. Well, they the all... idea, I mean, Taylor, and this is your, you, you produce it. I mean, the idea behind portraits is it's not just an evening of music. It's either they talk, you guys stop, you kind of make yeah, conversation you, during you, it. You hear how people started this. You hear their, their inspirations. You hear how, you know, they fumbled. You hear... You hear a very personal story that you don't get from any kind of like magazine interview or you know Instagram BS. Uh, it is the real deal. And uh, last year we also had this really cool artist named Trevor Hall, who I discovered while he was staying in our house was the son. That was yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> who are you? Yeah. Oh, you're a musician. Yeah, no, no but he. No, but I did not know. I had. I, I was a big fan of his for 10 years, and I suddenly realized, as we're just getting to it, that he's the son of my best friend's, you know, a bunch Darryl of Hall. best friend's son. Right. Okay. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know? But he also was, if G and I had a son that was musical, this kid would have been it. He but that's so interesting, it. though, that you said about the fumbling, like the story has to do with fumbling. I mean, l let's talk a little bit about that, because that's what we were talking about at the beginning. What's been a lesson, rather? <laughs> What's been an, well, an I, opportunity I, I, I for would, growth? Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't... Lesson is, I think it's... We all gain wisdom in life, and we tend to gain our wisdom through our fumbling or our stumbles, right. not through when things go easy. Well, thanks for mansplaining that for me. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm also man-sitting <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, what, where have been the times where you've had that little... Well, uh, portraits came out of a fumble. After, not a fumble, but GE stopped working with Roger Waters suddenly, and we were like, what the hell are we going to do? And we came, you know, it was like one of those moments when one door shuts, you got to come up with something else. And you're in the divine hallway. This is hallway. what we came up with. And Roger actually came on the first series. Oh, cool. He was one of the first ones. I, I saw that the wall uh, in LA. Did you? And, and I, I don't think I ever cried at a show oh, yeah. multiple times, let alone one time, but multiple times. That was a very, very realized emotional experience. It was quite a spectacle, and, yeah. and it was very well staged. And, and Roger had spent a lot of money before we ever went out on the road, yeah. you know, with pre-production and making it so that it was going to be good, smart, 
yet still accessible to people. Intimate. Intimate. Somehow in a a, a gigantic place. In a gigantic place. Yeah. We we did shows for 600,000 people. And it, 600,000? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We did some giant ones. That's like as many people, that's like the state of New Hampshire. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and they did it all over the world, all like three world. times. So, yeah, so that ended, and, and we were like, well, what are we going to do? And this is all we know how to do. And we just, it just happened. And I love it. I, I would really like to expand this to the world. I've tr- We've had a couple of, you know, producers come in but we haven't been able to like really get the kind of there's an argument to be made though that with the technology that's available for distribution easily that that just recording it yeah you can get it out out in the world it should be like netflix like loud and surviving twins is a good way of sharing it i'd love to be partnering with netflix and because you can't bring this on, on the road and make it no. It, I mean, part of the joy of this is that it's so intimate. Yeah, and it's we, an and, intimate and evening. And Guildhall is a home. Yeah, you know, we feel really comfortable there. Uh, you know, we just it's it's got a beautiful sound system. It's they have a well greased uh, place, but um, you know, when I think about the things that I want to do creatively. You were talking about doing something, you know, that takes a long, long time to do. I've been writing a one-woman show for over 15 years, wow. telling my story, but telling it through music, and um, you know, keep I keep refining it, and I'm not there yet. And and for me, one of the greatest things is I never became famous at, and I was always uh, under the radar singer-songwriter, so I never had the. But but all right, so maybe we can uh, shift though to process yeah. because well, let's take a break before we. Why do don't we that? take a break first? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sokolow, and we're here with Taylor Barton and G.E. Smith talking about process and the portraits thing. Uh, what would you call that? A series, I suppose. Yes, yes. Hall it's coming definitely up. Definitely a series. Uh, you're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB-FM, also 88.3 WPPB.org. You can listen online. And we're coming to you from L&W Market on Main Street, Bridgehampton. We'll be right back. Back, Bridget Leroy and Alex. Sonner. Sundays on the East End with our guest Taylor from L and W. From L and W. Wow, you just beat me to that. Like boom. Like I'm, a, I'm dyslexic, so I see it as W and L. It could be that. Well, they you know why they call it L and W because no one would come to a place called Lemonides and Wiener. That's what Eric said. But anyways, again, we're here with Taylor Barton and GE Smith talking about process now. In the interlude, we were talking about uh, Taylor's uh, one woman show. Right. And how um, it, it, it is a, a lifetime of finding something, and you're working on it, and you're working on it, and it sounds like whether you wanted to or not, you took the calendar out of it. You took the 
the clock totally out of it. took the calendar out of it. I started writing it, and um, I actually forgot about the fact that I had written it for a while and found the the manuscript um, and was like, oh wow, I got like sixty pages, and what happened was my sister died suddenly, and I you know, shelved it, and then I was trying to come back to it, and it's about my family and where I grew up and um, in Maryland, and this, uh, you know, really, a lot of people have no idea sometimes who I am or where I'm from, and some friend made a comment to me one day a long time ago, like, you don't have a sense of self, and that really, really, like, wait, what, what the hell? I... I have a sense of self, but I obviously I'm not showing that if you're making a statement like that. So my self comes through my songs and my um, I was I was hiding this background because I was ashamed of the way it went down. But I did. um, I found my voice in this piece and, um, you know, for lack of better description I'm a, a child of a divorce my parents got divorced and I really didn't know how to deal with that going into adult life and it was a long bridge to expose the love I still had for this family that I couldn't I couldn't connect to anymore but I connect to them in these songs I want to connect that to GE because you, you said you were working on a new record a new right. album and you know, does that have an overriding theme? When you start on it, do you go, it's because I want to capture this, like what Taylor's talking about. Is there something in particular that you want to capture with the music or or showcase? Or is it, I mean, I doubt it's just a bunch just of songs willy-nilly. What? Know, I just want it to be good. Uh, it's a collaborative work. Taylor found this singer named Leroy Bell. Now Leroy <gasps> lives me. out in Seattle. Right. And uh, him and his, his bass player, buddy Terry Morgan they Taylor arranged for them to come to our house and mm-hmm. Amagansett and we all hit it off right away and he had some songs and some ideas and we started recording stuff here in Bridgehampton yeah I, I actually listened to some of his stuff after I came yeah, to your house because he's, he, a, he's, he's a real he's good amazing. songwriter and um beautiful voice you know, like I was saying before, that's what I've always done is work with songwriters. This guy can sing, too. This guy's got an amazing voice. So I was able to, I think, hopefully help arrange the songs and, and put a musical bed underneath them that will make them uh, accessible to people. And he writes good songs. He writes good lyrics. They're smart. But they're but they're real. And yeah. so and this is this is your current. This is what project. I'm working on right this now. This is where your energy is going right be, now. It should be done by the early fall. Right. And so I I have a question uh, just about your process. Has your relationship to your guitar playing or your relationship to music theory, for lack of a better term, uh, changed over time, or is it really about the energy that you find in the room, and you and you find your way? That's a good question, Alec. It's gotten simpler that was my son's question actually (laughs) much much simpler over time like when i i'm I'm a bar band guy i came out of playing thousands of bar gigs when i was a kid i started playing professionally when i was 11 started playing out with people you know it's amazing older people but i come from this little town in pennsylvania where like my dad would drop me off on his way to night school 
he would drop me off at this joint. Now, it wasn't like a bucket of blood joint, you right. know. And he it was knew, a nice place. Not a nice place, it was but, but it, wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> Salabars out in Montauk, you know, it wasn't that. It, it were, uh, he dropped me off, and then on our way back from night school, he'd come and get me for the last set. Now, this is around 11, 12, but I'm playing with people that are in their 40s. So I always played in bars, always played in bars. And then I started eventually getting some work with, you know, known people. Like Daryl and John, you know, different people along the way. And you, you were with them for a long time. Six years. Yeah. Right, but, but I, 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 love, I love that word simpler. I'm, gonna get, I'm, gonna yeah. get, I'm getting to that part. I had to give you the, the back yeah, yeah. story, man. Yeah, for sure. sure. <laughs> and uh, when I got to Saturday Night Live, now all of a sudden I'm playing with all these incredible jazz musicians. The heaviest cats in New York. The horn players. Uh, you know, just people that really know music. I know thousands of songs, but I'm not a trained musician, right? So now I get with these guys, now I gotta start learning stuff. Fortunately, some of them were nice enough people that they would sit me down. Uh, Leon Pandarvis, the keyboard player. Uh, 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 Steve Ture, the trombone player. Uh, Cheryl Hardwick, who played piano. They, they would sit me down and go, now look at this chord, look how this works, look how these are. Okay, so now I'm learning all this theory and I'm, getting, I'm putting stuff together. Then about 10 years ago, I was talking to a guy and he said to me, there's only 12 notes. How right. wrong can we go? We've talked about that before. Yeah, it's one of my favorite phrases. It's only 12 notes. It's all how you play them. And, well, it's all how you play them, obviously. But in any given song, seven of those notes are completely correct. Ten of those notes really work. And all 12 will work if you know how to string them together right so once i got to that thing i went oh this is really easy it's do re mi fa sol la ti do it really that's all it is do right. re mi fa sol do re mi fa sol la ti do that's all it is yeah and once i got to that it just became so easy so it wasn't know? just easy I, I mean it was it was a mindset of realizing it was how that I thought it was simpler it. yeah like, i already knew how to hear a song and play right right know? but it's but there's a there's a there's only 12 well, was, notes right but it's the same thing like there's only 26 letters in the alphabet right. and i'd put out you put out a paper every week but it's how i do it now it's, it's simpler and i'm happier how so that's the like thing that though, because this also i think we're, we we've talked about authenticity and simplicity and i do think that they're they're those two words or concepts are, are very similar that you, 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 it's kind of like what I think was it Michelangelo, whoever sculptor says, like, how do you find it? Well, from a piece of stone, how do you find the sculpture? So, well, you just take away everything take that's away not everything that ain't what you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. And that is really what we are, to, what we've been talking about is just being able to distill it, the essence. You, you use the word essence, Taylor. I mean, to kind of distill as we get older, but it's not something you can do when you're 21 because you don't know who you are. It is really something that comes, Some you know, like a fine wine. It. Some, Some people. people I just have stumbled across in the last couple of weeks. There's a young woman named Molly Tuttle. Tuttle? Tuttle. T-U-T-T-L-E. She's a bluegrass, basically. It plays acoustic guitar. She is the best guitar player I've ever seen. Whoa, she coming from you, that is ridiculous. something huge. And I think she's 24 or 25 now. And she's been really good for a few. And she sings. It's unbearable that she can also sing great. Oh my god! Uh, apparently, her dad. How did you? How did you musician. hear her? I was reading about something else, some other music, and the person in the what I was reading mentioned her. So then, when I see stuff like that, I go, "Oh, here's a tip," you know. And I get on YouTube and I looked her up, and I was like, "Oh my god, she's so good." He's a scholar. He researches. Uh, he he is never lets it stagnate. That's one thing I gotta say about GE. He always learning, always reading. 
I never thought that I was some great genius or virtuoso guitar player or anything. All I am is somebody that started really early and was able somehow to remember all the songs. That's what I was going to say. I, I mean, you are you are a all font. You're like an encyclopedia of of American folk Americana, Americana American, music. I mean, I what was the guitar that you learned on? Oh, the actual the brand? Yeah. No, no, the actual guitar. The actual yeah. guitar. Well, was that I was the four, Christmas present? Nope. When I was four, okay. I went down in the basement with my mom. She was doing the laundry, and there was a guitar hanging on the wall. I said, "What is that?" She said, it's a guitar that used to belong to your Uncle George, who I'm named after. I said, can I have it? You know, I'm four. Yeah, of course. So she didn't yeah, take it down. So I took it outside. It was a, co later I found, you know, it was a collegiate brand, a cheap acoustic guitar, catalog guitar from the 30s. You know, even now it would be worth a hundred bucks. Man, you know? <laughs> Except um, that you played it. <laughs> well, it felt right, though. Well, I just was fascinated by, uh, first thing I did is I laid it down and looked at the strings long ways in front of me, you know, running left to right, and started banging on the low, the fat string, the low E string, and watching that vibration. And at some point, I, I went, oh, the vibration makes the sound. And this like, is it four. And like, yeah. And like the whole physical world snapped into place that there's edges to the building. Like, you know, when you're a baby and you just look and there's the world and it's a, you know, yeah. goo goo gaga. Well, that, I remember that moment of going, oh, you know, structure. Wow. Right, red pill, blue pill. I had to drop some acid much later to figure that out. <laughs> Were you yeah. four? Were you four years old? I was around 13 or 14. Okay, there you go. And yeah. then the world snapped yeah, into place. Yeah, then it came out. I figured out how God made trees. That's true. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and, so, and so, but just to go back to this, and it's still about the vibration. Yeah, and it's just about somehow cultivating the vibration. Right. Taylor, I mean, you guys have also worked together. That's something. I mean, do you ever kind of not see eye to eye? You you definitely put forward that you do on. Uh, I think GE gets bothered on a daily basis that I mention anything is on the calendar, pretty much. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> Taylor is is very good at at making sure that things are going to get done, which you have to right? do. Yeah, you know, that's me. the producer role or the wife role. <laughs> executive, executive. Exec, you know. Yeah. I mean, me and EJ have to sit down like every couple of weeks. I'm like, get out your book. Let me tell you what we're doing. Yeah. We're going to Loudon on the 28th. You know, we're going but to Bay Street on said, the 29th. We're seeing Melissa Erica on the 30th. I got to tell him, or else he's not going to show that up. That being said, I've never ever missed a gig in my life. I know when it's coming. Right. I don't think about it though, way out ahead. Taylor likes to think about it way ahead, make sure it's right, which is great. And it's yeah, been I'm really like good for me and my career that, that she's done that. You it's know? been really good for you and your career to not have any extra baggage in your head either. <laughs> oh, well, I never did. Yeah. What, what he no, does, I know what you mean. He, he is the ultimate Zen man. I mean, even this morning he was out cutting the trees. I said, we got to go to Bridgehampton. Remember, we have an interview. He's like, oh, yeah, right. Uh, but he doesn't remember. <laughs> All this rain and He doesn't bleeding. remember anything. Yeah, no, I, I, I cut my own lawn, and, and it's the best three hours of my week. So. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a blessing, too, because I, he's not bothered with anxiety. Like, you know, I'm thinking... The you know the shows are coming up. We got to sell the shows. Well, you know how, who's done the pe yeah, whatever it is. Right, you know, right. And GE's just solidly. Uh, but it's the thing. It's I mean, I, the I have the same thing with with Eric. And and one of the reasons I love Al because he he's Al. Very, 
Yes. Not yeah. even my mom calls me I'm out. Calling you. Well, I just you did. You can call me out. I just you can call me did. Out. You can call me. No, I, I usually call him sock. But I call you out sometimes. Um, but I think that the reason that Eric and and GE get that is because you and I kind of can organize things. And and I have found on occasion not now anymore, but that I would get resentful about it. Well, I'm the one who's doing all the work. All he has to do is show up. But I realized that that's one of the reasons why I love my husband is because he does just show up. And he's really tall. And he is. And he's very good looking, too. Uh, I'm going to bring it back a little bit. (laughs) Because a word that we haven't really used, but I think it's so important in music and in relationships and is listening. To be able to listen to each other. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys listen to each other. We, we definitely listen to each other. Um, he listens to me more than I listen. He says I don't listen that, that well. But You're busy. There's a way to listen in silence. I am very good at that. And silence is part of music. And I mean, I've, that goes for the whole world. I hear, when somebody gets into my orbit, I hear what they want before they even know what they need to say to me. I am very intuitive about who needs what in my space. I forget um, the guy's name, but there was a, a music uh, manager, and I saw him being interviewed, and he talked about in the 70s when he would go to sign a band, he would say to the band, uh, we're gonna go out to lunch, you guys get to pick the restaurant, or guys, girls, whatever, you get to pick the restaurant, and you all have to pay. And he would just do it to watch the dynamic, just to watch how they handled it when the bill came, how watch how they handled, and, cause, and his thing was, if they're going to fight over a $10 bill, what's going to happen when the $10 million shows well, up? Well, that's a good point. I'm going to take that lesson from you. That's Talking about listening, I, I actually had a, a very influential thing happen when I was 15. I, where I grew up in Pennsylvania, it was like a resort, a lot of like honeymoon resorts, Mount Airy Lodge, oh, Tamara. You grew up in Tamara. like the Poconos? Uh, right in the Poconos, oh exactly. Oh, my God, okay. You know, these kind of like middle... We, let's call them middle industry resorts. Champ, like right, like t- hot places. tubs shaped like hot champagne t- glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to go one of those. Yeah. So I, I'm playing at Mount Airy Lodge with Bob Newman and the Starlight Orchestra. You know, a, a big band. And now they're all heavy jazz cats from New York that have summer places there. Right. Right. They come right. from the city. It's kind of like the people come out here. And uh, it's 1967. So they needed a rock guy. It was that time. Right. So I couldn't read music. I couldn't do what these guys are doing. I couldn't keep up with them. We're back in Carmen McRae and Red Buttons and, you know, people like that. But I could on the guitar, right. which is what, what they wanted me to do. And to bring in the youngsters. One time after the, the gig, I'm talking to Bob Newman, the band leader. And he, he said, uh, I had played something okay that night. And he said, nice job on that song. You know, I said, oh, thanks, Bob, you know. And he said, you know, you got to have big ears. And he meant you got to listen to everything. Specifically, you got to listen to every kind of music. If you want to be a real musician, you got to listen to every kind of music. So I really took that to heart. And it really helped me. I started listening to everything, even stuff I didn't like. When I was on the Saturday Night Live band, I had them make a painting. And we had a sign hanging on the stage, all kinds of music played here. Mm. And we did. Over the years, the yeah. 10 years I was there, we played everything except opera. I don't think we ever played any opera, but we played everything Adam else. Adam Sandler kind of did. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but yeah. And uh, now, when, it, when I, I teach, I go down uh, every year to Yorma Kalkinen's. He's got this place called oh, the Fur, Fur, Fur Peace Ranch. Right, right. The Fur Farm. Fur, Fur Peace Farm. Ranch, way down <laughs> southeast Ohio. But when I teach, one of the assignments that I give my students for when they leave and go home, I said, you have to 
Go on YouTube, learn a song that you don't like. I dig that. Learn a That's song cool. that you do not like. Yeah. Yeah. That you would shut the radio off if it came on in the car. Um, yeah. When I when I was um, asked when I was back at the Independent the first time around, I was asked to speak at, at a career day, and I remember saying like, if you're interested in in like if you like to play the guitar, find out how to make a guitar. Like take a guitar apart, mm. put it back together, and listen to all kinds of music. You know, don't count on the teachers teaching you in music school like how to do this. You got to learn how to do it yourself. So like a week later, I was at a restaurant, and one of the the waitress was one one of the kids who had heard me. She was like, Oh, you're the one who told us to drop out of school. I was like, no, I didn't say that. I said, you just have to teach yourself. But you do, and it sounds like that's what any you good did, teacher, right? Any good teacher gives you clues, and then if you want to take those clues and go learn the thing, Which is similar to parent, you're going to do it. I mean, I guess a, it is. You know, it? it's like if you, it, you're, I always thought as a parent, the job was to kind of open the door, and if, if your kid's going to walk through, they're going to walk through. So, but there's the door. Right. <laughs> you know? That's, I don't know. I tell my daughter, you got to follow your passion because whatever you're going to do, you're going to do it seven or eight hours a day. So you better love what you pick to do because then you're going to have a great life. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and again, success is a very arbitrary concept. Yeah. I, I tell both of my kids who are young emerging artists, uh, if you put your head down on the pillow at night and lift your head up in the morning and get to spend that time doing something you like, you're successful. That's like you right. don't need more than that. That's you know, right. great Bob Dylan line. There's no success like failure, and failure is no success at all. Right. <laughs> and, and Quincy Jones said, uh, uh, "I'm sure he wasn't the first." Is that the only place in the world where success comes before work is the dictionary? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You, okay, we could just sit here and listen to G and, and thought quote. Day quote. Day yeah, yeah, absolutely. But we're going to take one last break. <laughs> You're listening to us on 88.3 WPPB. This WPPB. is Sunday's. Yep, yeah, you say it. Oh, I like it. 88.3 WPPB-FM oh. and... 88.3 WPPB.org. Dot org, baby. <laughs> I've been fighting second gear 15 miles or so Trying to beat the angry snow And I know every town worth past what good does no one do? No one to show it to. And I've grown tired of traveling alone. Tired of traveling alone. I've grown tired of traveling alone. Won't you ride with me? I've grown tired of traveling alone. Tired of traveling. back Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Alex Sockle and you're listening to us we're coming to you from L&W Market which if you haven't been there is this absolutely adorable place on Main Street Bridgehampton has grab-and-go food it has a uh, you know, stuff that you can, it has food from almond, like there's steaks that are marinated and you can take them home and marinate them yourselves. They have all kinds of really I don't know stuff. about the steaks, but they make a mean peanut butter cookie, I can tell you Oh that. yeah, because you just had one, didn't I you? It was delicious. And we're here with Taylor Barton and G.E. Smith and our producer Kyle Lynch, and we were just uh, kind of bringing it home, talking about, um, what were we just well, talking about? we were talking kind of about the appreciation and gratitude of if any of your your expressions or, or creations touch somebody else 
and, and hopefully creates a positive energy in the universe. That's what I think what we're talking about. Absolutely. I mean, there's, we were saying there's just so many people who are gazillions of people who are really talented. Why do we get the platform to say what we're going to say? And that we have the responsibility and the accountability to uh, either contribute to something great or something really negative. And in my my pursuit, my best projects always had a positive message. My not so great projects maybe were, you know, just too self-involved, you know. Yeah. If, or you if, were trying too hard to say something, Yeah, maybe? but if I have, you know, I have a piece about a rock and roll octopus and a little girl scuba dive diver who vow to clean up the ocean after a big oil spill based off of quote bob dylan on my road trips with ge i based the rock and roll that one had a huge positive message and is worthy today as it was 30 years ago when i wrote it you know another piece might be you know a timely piece that i wrote like eric clapton breakfast club it was like a soap opera (laughs) you know kitchen sink soap opera which was based during the time of the 90s and it has no meaning now lots has changed momentarily exactly but um i hope one day i i have maybe one hit song to leave my great great grandchildren some royalties down the road but (laughs) it might not happen and it might not happen in in my lifetime or ever because art isn't linear and we don't get to decide what is good and what isn't and then good and popular aren't necessarily the same animal anyway so you can be putting out great stuff your whole life and that's not necessarily what the audience wants the great but, but, but that's that's the transactional aspect of life yeah. and art lasts forever forever it is the immortal part of us you know the people who who get so upset when their art is failure or get you know so you mean failure financially yeah or not popular you know there yeah. it's a waste of time i mean i got i started art i didn't care who the audience was i cared how it made me feel yeah. You know, my my favorite moment is when I create something, not when it's actually out in front of public. That to me is exciting. I don't know about you, G. What about you? What about me? I don't know. I just figured that I've been really lucky because because once I got a hold of that guitar when I was a little kid, I knew that was all I was ever going to do. You know, I just didn't want to do anything else. That was it. Yeah, was my son's on that journey himself, and and same thing. Picked up a guitar at Ford, and it, it very easy kid to parent. I'll tell you that because it's like you know what, if if you don't do this, you got to put down that guitar. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I was I was you know, like I say, I've been just so lucky, and I got to play with all these people. I got to play with a lot of the people that I was huge fans of. You know, like who? Well, like David Bowie and Mick Jagger and people like that. You know that right. I'd listen to their Bob? records and Dylan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I got Bob's first record when it came out when I was eleven, and the reason I bought it was because I thought. Here's a guy that's like not a whole lot older than me with a guitar. <laughs> let me let me see what this guy is. You know, I remember buying it. And then but in Madison Square Garden, you did the big Dylan thing, did right? The big, yeah. Wow, and, you know, that's amazing. Um, you use the word luck, but I, I again, I'll go back to appreciation and gratitude. You know, you you obviously in your career and in your life bring something into the rooms that make a lot of people that you that you might consider notable or uh, you're, you're attractive to them i don't know it, it it's worked out really well like i say it, it's really like i think it's just because like i was saying before because i just know so many songs and people love that when they when you first sit down with people and they go do you know and you just play it 
And you know that Smokey Robinson? Yeah, I know that one. Boom, boom, boom. And you play, and you play it right, you know? But it's uh, also that you guys give back to the area. I mean, you're doing the portrait series again at Guildhall. That feels good, I have to say. I have to agree. Like, I work for the Hampton Film Festival on their advisory board now. We moved to Guildhall. I started meeting everybody here because I got involved with the community. And I did not feel... And we were here for a good 20 years, but it wasn't until then when I really felt connected to everybody. And, you know, I always say this to G. I was like, I love the post office lady because she's the one that's going to, like, show up if I have a fire in my house or something. You know, we are all responsible for each other out here. We are. It isn't like, you know, there's, you know, hired people. So I'm very, very... Um, reverent of the people around me because I know they're going to take care of we me too. We went to Guildhall last night and saw the Kronos Quartet film and performance and we're walking in and Taylor knows like 50% of the audience. She knows them <laughs> by name. You know, right, right. Like, this is great. You it's know, like when we all went to see Walker. I even knew a lot of them and I'm not good at remembering things but I, I even knew a lot of them. Well we do. We show up for, for each other we which do. is a really great thing. And you know I think you and I are, are at Guildhall every Friday from the rest <laughs> of the summer. Speaking of every Friday, why don't you say something about Next Friday, June Next 28th. Next Friday. Drop what you're doing and come on down to see Loudon Wainwright and John Wesley Harding is what he called himself. Now Wesley Stace, who is the curator of Cabinet of Wonders at City Winery and a fantastic Englishman. Uh, you know, G and I are very excited. Both these guys have a massive amount of work out in the world that they've done. And both we real smart guys, are, real good writers. Good, yeah. they, they know they know the language, they know yeah. the words. You want to learn something? Come listen to these. Are guys. you on stage with them? Yeah. G? Oh yeah, that's the portraits thing. Is right, I'm right. there playing along. You I know. can't wait to see it. I'm really um, excited. And then you have Dawes. Dawes later in the summer, and, which is sold uh, out. Tommy Emmanuel, who's a Fabulous guitar player. I'm scared. I don't right. know how I'm going to keep up with Tommy Emmanuel. For real. I'm not just really? saying that. Really? I got to come and see so that then. good. He's got this really interesting story. As I understand it, he's from Australia. He is from, I know he's from Australia. <laughs> and he grew up, his family were like traveling people, like like Australian gypsies, you right. know? Right, nomads. And they were all... I think they're called Australians. Australians. <laughs> but they don't all, they don't all like get, in the, get in the RV and travel all the time. Okay. You know? I've been to Australia a bunch of times. They don't all do that. Anyway, Tommy's there. And they're all musicians, his family. So since since he was an infant, it was music, music, music all the time. And he can play every style of music that there is as if it was the only style. Wow. wow. He's a jazz player. That's he's amazing. a country player. And he's, he's with a, Amy Helm. He's that night with August, Amy Helm. August 13th with Amy Helm. And then we have Leroy Bell at the Talk House. August 28th. August 28th. Oh, which Leroy. is so The new band. Cool. Yeah, I yeah, really want to cool. see that because you told me about yeah. it. I was over. He kills And we have a, a great surprise yeah. drummer that night. Right. And then we have Steve Earle at, in October, who we love at West Hampton Performing Arts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. i got to come to Remember see that. Remember the date? That? October, the, October that's on, that's 26th. on my side of the that's canal. Right. There you go. <laughs> so we, we're very happy with well, last year you had David Broza, and, and he had done yeah. that thing with Ed Steve Earle, had done the, what, yes. what is, I want to call it East Side, West Side, but yes, I think that's, that's a movie right. my grandfather directed. It was directed. close, close it was to that. Like that. It was close to that. East, we, East Bank, West Bank. East Bank, West Bank. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Not Jerusalem. with Edward G. Robinson. It's yeah. different. David <laughs> yeah. Broza is a dear friend of mine, and I was the witness at his wedding. He and Neely Loton, the designer, but... We met because I was working for Paul Marshall, who was the premier music lawyer who started Woodstock. And David walks in, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy is beautiful. And then he plays, 
And I said, GE, you got to play with this guy. I, I mean, he's, he knows I love him. Well, it's good. Are you already planning next year's uh, portraits? Yeah, Are you looking yeah. forward to new well, people you want to have on? Shout out to Matt Berenger <laughs> and, and the twin guitar players. Um, the National. I think another one we'd love is Jason Isbell. Yeah, I really um, like Jason Isbell. Ray yeah. LaMontagne. Uh, girls, uh, King Princess. Molly uh, Tuttle. Molly Tuttle. I want to get Molly, Molly Tuttle. Right. Yola, new girl who's coming oh, up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's great. So, I think Cosgrove yeah, plays we're, her. Yeah, we're working on a, you know, we try to, we try to make, give something for all ages and a little piece of a little of this and a little of that, but yeah. Well, believe it or not, it is time to wrap it up. Wrap it up. It's been I'll so much it. fun having these guys on. Isn't it? You're just like. I'm not. I was just zoning out. I was like, that I've was never awesome. seen you so quiet. Are you okay? I was just, I was just listening. <laughs> that, was, that was really cool. We've been here having this wonderful time with Taylor Barton and G.E. Smith talking about portraits, talking about music, talking about. Whatever every, came up. Yep, whatever came up with our producer, Kyle Lynch. And we are listening to G.E. Well, where are we? What station is this? I forgot. WPPV 88.3. <laughs> on your FM dial. And 883wppp.org. We are listener supported. We would always love you to make a donation, and we will be back. Yeah, everybody have a good week. Be well and stay well. Keep my